Convoluted crazy plumbing in your bar dominium? What do you do about that? Connecting a metal building to your home? What are the recommendations from engineers? And the center of the house is sinking. What in the world do you do about that? All this and more coming up on the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. I'm going to start with an email question from Christopher in Stafford. He says, a double car garage floor crack. I noticed after 20 years that the crack in the middle where my wife and I park our cars are expanding. The crack is about an eighth of an inch. What advice do you have to fix the problem? We prefer to park indoor rather than leaving it outside in the heat. The house is built in mid-1999, and the foundation seems okay. I'm hoping that the dryness this summer did not shift the foundation. Well, there is a chance that it did shift the foundation, but that's not really not what's causing the crack. The crack is caused by the soils. They expand and contract with the temperature and moisture change, but so does the foundation. And all concrete cracks by nature. And the bigger area of concrete you have, the more likely you are to find a crack in it. That's the reason we have expansion joints in the roads and driveways and things like that. But we can't put that in our foundations. And so we put extra rebar and and reinforcement in there to hold it together when it does crack. Honestly, if it's just an eighth of an inch, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. and I wouldn't try to fill it in right now. Wait until we go through a, a weather cycle or two. See if it closes back up. If it does, leave it alone. If it doesn't, you could have it epoxied if you want. But quite frankly, it's really not hurting anything. Uh, it It is a normal um, issue with garages and home foundations Uh, you may even have that same crack in other areas of your house you just don't know it because it's covered by flooring so don't lose any sleep over it and please feel free to keep your car in there your foundation doesn't know that the car is there to begin with and what i mean by that is cars don't weigh all that much and uh, the the foundation is sitting on the soil so it doesn't hurt that foundation at all uh, let's head to Lake Conroe, and Joanne, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, hi. I'm going to try to explain the problem, but it is a little confusing even to explain. I have a a, a building, barn dominium. Okay. <laughs> we first we first set it up for storage, so it wasn't uh, set with plumbing inside. So I had to bring my plumbing from outside through the wall up into the sink. What okay. I'm having now is I have water from my sink going down through the PVC and out into the yard in a, in a little ditch, and it's, uh, it smells. It's a very sour backup smell, and someone told me I need to put a little vent under the sink because, of course, there's no vent going up into the ceiling like you would have in a home Right. So I snake out this pipe outside. I'm snaking it out, and black water is coming out of there. Yeah. And that's that's because that there's probably water moisture that's staying in the pipe all the time, and it it gets mildew growing and and all kinds of nasty stuff. And so when you snake it out, 
all that gunk that builds up goes out. And some of the stuff that adds to that is the soaps and, and the greases and, you know, all the stuff that we wash off our plates and that tend to mm. add to that. And so uh, that's the, that's just the, the nature of the beast with a kitchen sink that way. The venting is designed for when water's flowing through a pipe, it's like a straw. If you plug the top of a straw, you can pick the pick it up out of a glass and hold the water in it. The minute you take your finger off, everything drops out of the 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 straw, and a pipe is the same way. You vent it so that everything flows out of it that way. Um, I'm making the assumption you have a P-trap under the sink. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. And I can take I can take all those pipes out, which I did. And they were all black inside. I scrubbed yep. them and put them all back in. But I'm, you know, it, within a week it starts all over again. So I need it to does. resolve this. Well, and you're not going to resolve it. I mean, it, it's yeah. one of those things where you're running stuff through there that it's going to build up that way. Now you can put stuff in there to clean the pipes periodically. Uh, there's I some have of the put CLR and I have put bleach. Yeah, that helps with killing off the molds and mildews and stuff, but it's not going to help with cleaning the pipe itself. Mm -hmm. uh, they make some some of the, uh, and I'm not a fan of using these products. Let me let me start with that first. But uh, even some of the drain pipe, uh, like Liquid Plumber, has some mm -hmm. foaming action stuff that you can put into your sink it washes down and it foams up to try to remove some of that buildup that's in there and if you'll do that periodically it, it will help but you will not eliminate that problem because virtually any sink you take apart is going to have that same issue hmm. so it i'm going to have that it just when doesn't build up to pluck it smell, to, yeah i smell the backup when i'm running the water in the sink well, are you, are you sure it's the backup that you're smelling, or well, do you have water that has an issue? No, no, the water is fine. The water okay. is fine. It's just the, the the sediment in there builds up, and then I get a, you know, yep. like a, uh, an odor. Yeah, and so by I, running I those foaming, the, those foaming uh, plumbing things through there, that will help with that odor. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll try liquid plumber, I guess. Well, Liquid Plumber makes a foaming thing. It's not just a regular oh. Liquid Plumber. Uh, so just look. Yeah, look for the ones that foam because what they do is they go down in there, and and foam up and and get all the way around the pipe. I see. Okay, I could try that. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Right. Let's head to Laporte. Tommy, you doing all right today? I'm doing good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Well, I, I talked to you a while back about a metal building that I was building, or having built on my property here, uh, and it's been completed. The city required that I have a engineering inspection, so I called Mr. Devers. He came out and inspected it, and Windstorm certified it, wrote me a nice letter. But I'm in need of a of a drawing of an open air breezeway to connect that building with my home. Okay. He wasn't able. He wasn't able to do it. He he said he he just pressed for time. He's got so much going on. I was wondering if you knew someone, an engineer, 
uh, that I could call, or if not, maybe is there a, some kind of engineering guild or something that you know where they all sign up and you could look look over a list of engineers? Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, other than Devers, I don't have one that I could say, "Hey, here's another guy to call." Uh, yeah. But if you go to Google Foundation Performance Association. You'll see a list of engineers there, uh, and they list what they do as well. Okay. And you, you would say find, that again. I'm sorry. It's called, go ahead. It's called Foundation Performance Association, Performance. and uh, it's in a, an engineering group that, I mean, I I I don't remember when we started that thing back. Had to be back in the early '90s, I think, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, and it's just an association I've been with for forever and a day, but uh, it gives you a, a list of different engineers and what they do because a lot of those engineers do design work as well. Okay, and that's really what I need. It's, it's just pretty difficult to find an engineer that's available to do that work for you these days. It, it is, uh, and and you know a lot of people don't realize, but an architect can design it, but they can't wind certify it, and so you right. still end up having to get an engineer involved, but... Yep. If you find an architect, he probably has an engineer who could uh, certify it as as well as, uh, you know, get the design done for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, and you just make sure Foundation Performance Association. Yep. And uh, it'll have a number there. I can just call them, you said, or a, a, a uh, web yeah, Their website will co come up, and you'll see a list of all the different engineers and what trades they do and, and the type of work okay. they do. Fantastic. Well, okay. I appreciate you as usual, Jim. <laughs> Not a problem. You take care. You take care. Bye-bye. CJ, how can I help you? Well, I inherited a problem. It's a <laughs> 4,000-square-foot house with a ring foundation and concrete blocks through the center of it. And, of course, just like the house that my father did 40 years ago, this one is sinking in the center also. Okay. So what do we do to keep it from sinking? Well, there's there's a couple of things. One, first thing you got to look at is is there a moisture issue that's allowing it to sink? Uh, if there is, that needs to be addressed. If there's not, and it's just normal movement, it can be adjusted. It may, or I shouldn't say may, it will move again in the future. If you want to totally avoid it from moving, underpinning can be installed in the middle of a, a crawl space house like that. Uh, it costs as much as doing it on a concrete foundation, so. A lot of times people don't want to spend the money on it, but it definitely can be done. Well, I want to do something permanent because I don't want my, my children or my grandchildren to have to go through what I've gone through twice in my life. Ah, yes. Well, give Due West a call, and we'd be happy to take a look at it and uh, tell you what it'll take. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your show. You bet. Thank you, sir. And uh, if you want to call Due West Foundation Repair, it's 713 473 seven one five six and yes we can do concrete slab we can do uh, pier and beam block and base you know any type of foundation problem you have give us a holler and we'd be more than happy to take a look and see what it's going to take to fix that problem up for you james and klein how can i help you jim i have a water problem in my house about every 24 hours i pull three gallons of water out of the air in my house with my dehumidifier. 
sometimes okay. a little more, sometimes a little less, but that's 365 days a year. Can you uh, diagnose that problem for me, if it is one? Uh, it's not unusual at all. Now, the average air conditioner will pull 15 to 20 gallons a day out of your, out of the air in your home. Oh, okay. I thought mine was unusual. But yeah. Now, this is have nothing you, to worry about then. Have you uh, looked, do you have a uh, humidity meter or anything to see what your humidity level is? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I have a, a clock that measures that. Okay. So and, and what? Running about, about 54%. Oh, you are perfect. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, then I, I won't worry about it anymore then. Thank you so well, much. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm sure if we try, we can find something else for you to worry about, though. <laughs> I've got, I have that, too, but uh, I'll save that for another day. Thank you. All right. You take care. Yeah, uh, that's that's what your condensation lines are for is they take the moisture out, but your average air conditioner will, like I said, 15, 20 gallons, not unusual, especially this summer. It's, it's been rough. Ron and Conroe, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you very much. I um, designed and built a 2,100-square-foot single-story home, and it's gabled with 7-on-12 um, uh, pitch, so it's kind of high in the attic. Um, I had planned on... Uh, using closed cell foam, making a big ice chest out of it, and the the walls are use advanced framing with six inch uh, lumber. The AC was designed by the uh, the AC guys at and plan on using a three ton unit. Now I'm 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 wavering on. All the prices have gone up, and and uh, I was thinking about putting fiberglass bats in the walls because they're six inches thick, and they're sealed very well, and maybe putting closed cell foam against the roof um, and put in a, a, a two-stage four-ton, and I'm just wondering if you could uh, tell me if my thinking is stinking <laughs> well, I, I would tell you, normally what I recommend is foam in the walls and a breathable uh -huh. insulation in the attic. And up the main reason... The, up against the roof? No, I, I, it, I put it against the living space, the air-conditioned space. Because if you put it on the roof, you're going to be air-conditioning the attic as well. Yes. And in some cases, people wanted air-conditioned for storage of certain things. But most of, for most people... Uh, they're not. They're concerned that the attic is hot, but uh, other than being concerned, they're not really storing something that needs to be stored in conditioned space. Uh, they're more in, interested in the energy efficiency, and for energy efficiency, foam in the walls gives you the highest R value inch per inch, and then fiberglass or some other type of breathable insulation can be used in the attic because whether it's a uh, foam insulation that gives you an R48 or fiberglass that gives you R48, the energy efficiency is the same. And the fiberglass is a heck of a lot less expensive. Right. I was hoping to keep the air conditioning and all the vents, uh, I mean all the duct work, out of the heat. I will Maybe tell you, 
uh, a, a lot of people uh, think about doing that. Uh, as far as on your energy bill, it won't make a tinker's darn bit of difference. Hmm. One, once that okay, unit sure. kicks on, it blows so fast, the air that's in there, uh, it, it, it really just doesn't make any, any difference on the energy consumption. And so that's a, but uh, don't encapsulate the whole house. You got to leave parts yeah, sure. of it that are breathable in order to avoid getting sick home syndrome. Uh, and sure. you, you know whether you want to do the the attic part with foam or the walls with foam doesn't matter. But just don't do both of them with it. Yes, sir. Okay. So, so doing the up against the roof with open cell and fiberglass bats in the in the walls is. Yeah, you're going to have six-inch insulation anyway, so you're probably looking at what R19 in the walls. Uh, sure. If you if you put the uh, fiberglass in there, so nothing wrong with that. Uh, as far as air infiltration, that can all be sealed with the exterior sheathing, so you're you're good with that. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Only thing is, if you're going to put the foam in the attic on the roof sheathing, uh, use a closed cell. Open cell can take on moisture. And it'll hold it like a sponge and rot that roof out, and you never know what's happening. Closed cell doesn't take on the the moisture and, and avoids some of those problems. And I'm, I'm going to tell you one other thing to make sure you do. If they spray it, you don't want it covering all the rafters in the on the roof deck. Uh, there's been some issues with insurance companies not wanting to insure homes now when those beams are fully encapsulated because the insurance company can't when they do inspections can't see if it's rotted or not uh and it's become an issue for them a few times thank you so much you bet you take care thanks for joining us for the super podcast of texas home improvement jim has lots more on youtube on the tv show and at thipro.com have a good one we'll see you next time